Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Today's guest is Sarah Averill. She had been an atheist her whole life, but during her most recent near-death experience, she ended up in heaven and met Christ, and now she's changed, and we're going to learn about it. Sarah, thank you so much for joining me, and welcome. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here. I'm happy to have you. I had mentioned this earlier, but you have had three. Do you want to start at the beginning and go from there? Yeah, that'd be great. Um, I'll start at the beginning. So um, I've had three near-death experiences. And the first one and the second one, I didn't go to heaven, but I will still tell you about it. So I was born about five weeks early and so I was premature um, I had a pretty normal birth except for I was born breech and after I came out um, everything seemed to be good and the doctors looked me over they looked my mom over and we were both healthy um, so they took me home. I mean, my parents took me home, and I was there the next day. It was about 24 hours later, and my mom, she was laying in bed, and she was trying to nurse me. And all of a sudden, I started choking. Like I was, like I just, I started choking when I was, she was trying to feed me. And I just turned completely, completely blue. I just totally stopped breathing. And my mom totally freaked out. Um, I think she was worried that I was going to not come back. So she called 911 right away. And the paramedics came as fast as they can. But while they were waiting, they actually tried to hit me on the back a bunch of times to get me to start, start breathing. And, um, after like a few minutes, I, I came back, but <clears throat> I don't remember what happened when I died. I just know that I happened for a brief moment for a few minutes. Um, and after everything happened, like, I don't know if anything changed within me cause I, had just been born, so I didn't know who I was beforehand. Um, but I do know that as a young child, I was very, like, very sensitive, um, very empathic. And it kind of, it kind of got really hard for me after a while because I would be able to, like, feel what other people were feeling. And sometimes I would get confused and I would think that it was me and that I was feeling that emotion, but I wouldn't know why that I was feeling. I, there was no reason for me to feel that way. And um, I was living in Rochester, New York, 
until I was nine years old. And I had a lot of friends. I, I did pretty well with that. I wasn't shy or anything in the, in the beginning. But as I got older and I started moving, like I actually moved to Santa Fe, New Mexico when I was nine. And it was really hard for me because kids are mean to new people. And I got extremely shy. And kids would make fun of that. They were very vicious. They would call me names all day. Like fish lips, stupid, ugly, uh, Sarah Lee pie, <laughs> uh, Sahara Desert. I don't know. Those were just some of the names they called me. But at the time, I mean, it sounds funny, but at the time it, it really did hurt. And um, I really hated school. Like, I dreaded going to school. I didn't want to go. It was like torture for me. And I would beg my parents to not send me back. But they offered to help me, and I didn't want them to help me because I knew that if any of the kids found out that my parents had intervened and tried to do something about it, then they would tease me even more. So I didn't want my parents to do that, you know. So I just pretty much went through this for about three years, just having a lot of physical violence as well, where, <clears throat> where kids would just, like, start, like, throwing spitballs at me or kicking balls at my face and being beat up. Like, I was actually beat up once by a little boy. Um, and then I was beat up a second time by a girl. And I... I don't understand because I never did anything to deserve it, you know? And it was always really hard for me to understand, like, how could kids be so mean? I mean, I, when I was young, I really feel like I really, I really did believe in God. I, I really felt a connection with God. But after all this kept happening over and over again, it, I started feeling like, how could there be a God? Because how could I be treated like this if there is a God? So my, my connection to God got severed pretty much. And I got really, I got really angry. I got really depressed and I started getting like really bad anxiety. Um, I guess you could say like I had PTSD or something from this whole experience. And this, it affected me most of my life. I mean, I'm still working on healing a lot of stuff. So when I got out of elementary school, um, I got into a, a private school and that is where I had the chance to fit in with other kids. So um, they were all smoking, drinking, doing drugs, you know, all that stuff. And I was like, you know what? If I do it, they will accept me. And that's all I really wanted was to be accepted. So um, I started smoking cigarettes. I started stealing them from my dad. Mm. He smoked at the time. Um, I'd like go in the garage when they were asleep and I'd steal some cigarettes, go outside and smoke them and take a few with me. <laughs> um, and then I would, I would uh, steal their wine or whatever, alcohol. They didn't usually have a lot, but 
Um, I had some other friends who were in school and they would bring like bottles with them when we would go to school. And we would get so drunk when we were in class just during the day. And I don't even know like how the teachers didn't know <laughs> that we were totally wasted. Um, but it was like, I didn't have this fear anymore. I liked that I wasn't shy anymore and I could just be myself and I didn't care about what anyone thought. And then I, I was making a lot of friends. I was being invited to like parties. Um, it was, it just felt good to finally be accepted. <clears throat> um, so I started going to a lot of parties. I started going to a lot of raves almost every weekend. And that is where I started doing heavier drugs. When I was about 15, 16 years old, um, I progressed to like ecstasy, acid, um, cocaine, that kind of thing. And I, I was having a good time. I mean, I really didn't have that many bad things happen. I mean, once in a while I would hear about like a friend overdosing or something like that, but for the most part, you know, it was all good fun. And there was something bad happening, so why would I want to stop? You know? So I was pretty much just doing this for a while, but I started to, like, have bad things happen after a while. Um, like, I would be, you know, just, I would start having, like, people you know, act weird around me and start doing things to me. I mean, I had men that were really creepy that would come around, you know, because I'm, you know, at party doing drugs. So um, I started attracting a lot of really creepy people. And then I also started, like, uh, shoplifting a lot. Every time I go into a store, I would shoplift. And then I started like actually driving when I was on drugs. And um, after a while, like it caught up with me and I started like having to go to jail. <laughs> I actually went to jail about five or six times. I was in and out of jail. Um, two of the times were for DWIs. And then I had like a couple times that were for like not showing up to court for a traffic violation. And most of them were like really, you know, small and shoplifting and, and the DWI and stuff. But I knew that if I kept doing it, it was probably going to get worse. Um, but I kept doing it anyway. And so finally, um, I was, um, sorry, I was doing like a lot of pain pills, um, with my ex-boyfriend and I just, I really enjoyed doing it because when you can feel everybody and everything, it's hard to handle. So you just want to numb it off. And I think um, painkillers are the best way to do that. So I was doing a lot of pain pills. And I don't even remember a lot of my life because of that. Like, I would watch movies, and then I wouldn't remember anything past, like, 10, 15 minutes. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I, I saw that, but uh, I don't remember anything past that point. So there was just, I was just doing a lot of like really crazy behavior and uh, I started like not being able to get the pain pills and the patches, there was these patches we put on um, and those were really strong. And I actually had a friend that 
had been using those and he OD'd and he died. And that kind of deterred me from doing the paint patches. But then I got, I started doing heroin. I was like, well, I, I won't do that. I'll, I'll just do heroin. That's safer, right? So um, I started doing heroin and it was good at first. You know, I didn't have anything bad happen, but then, you know, um, I think a couple years in, it just got to a point where you knew something bad was going to happen soon because I was doing so much of it and so often. So finally, um, there was this one time that I was with my friend and we were living out of his car. I was homeless at the time. And uh, I was on the passenger side and I would be the one that would shoot him up because he couldn't see. He was an older guy <clears throat> and he couldn't see what he was doing. So I would sh shoot him up. But this time I decided that I was going to shoot up first. I was like, you always get to shoot up first. I want to shoot up first. So I got it and I injected it. And all I remember is complete darkness. Like everything became a complete black void. And the next thing I remember was there was this massive flash of bright light. And I must have been laying down because when I woke up, I was pretty much like laying flat on the pavement. And I'd shot like straight up. And when I looked down, I had this huge, huge needle just sticking out of my heart. It was like train spotting or something. That's what it reminds me of. So apparently they had um, given me adrenaline to start my heart again. And the good thing was I had been at the park um, where there had been like a firehouse. And my friend had run over there and gotten them and they had come over and they had saved me. I mean, I was very lucky that that was the case because if I had been anywhere else, like let's say parked out in the middle of nowhere somewhere, <laughs> I wouldn't have been saved. So I was really grateful for that. And I didn't do heroin for a while after that. I kind of was like, well, um, I'm not going to touch that stuff. That, that almost killed me last time, you know. So I, I was having a lot of health issues. Um, and I was in a lot of pain from my health issues, from being the IUD that I had. So I decided to do heroin again. And um, I was doing it for like a few weeks. And so what happened was I actually got um, some from this guy and he said it was really strong, but I didn't really believe him. So I decided to try some, I did the same amount I always do. And so what happened was I did the heroin and the next thing I remember I was in this black tunnel and it was this big massive black tunnel and it was going, it was like almost like it was going out of the back of my head and going upward into heaven. It's like it, it went upwards Instead of like this way, I was going up. And once I got up, there were these two huge double doors. And they were gold colored. It's like I'm seeing them right now. They were about 12 feet high, maybe even bigger. 
and they were closed. But then they just slightly and slowly started opening. And I could see through the crack, there was like this bright white light. And uh, it just kept on getting brighter and brighter the more the door opened. And as soon as the door had opened up enough for me to see what was inside of it, I walked on through through the threshold. And when I looked inside, I saw this Romanesque style building. And it was probably about the size of the ballroom. And there was these pillars they were outlining the whole building all around. And it was just like this, it was like marble. It was round, it was like this round building and there was no ceilings. It just went straight up and there was like clouds above me. And it was just like this bright, bright white light but it was, it wasn't like a painful, like it didn't hurt your eyes or anything. It was just the most beautiful white light I've ever seen in my life. So I walked in and I saw like, there was like gardens, there was gardens and in the middle there was this fountain and everything looked like it was marble. And there was like this stuff coming out of the fountain, but it wasn't wasn't water because I don't think there's water in heaven. It was like some kind of plasma-looking thing coming out. And then there was also these benches surrounding the fountain, and it was just it was like never something I've never seen before. This is absolutely amazing. And then I saw like there was five or six people and they were standing out in the distance and they actually like came over slowly. They kind of glided over and they had on these robes, but it was like kind of just on one shoulder, just kind of hanging off on one shoulder, it looked very, very Roman. And they all came up to me, and I didn't really recognize anyone. It was there. But then there was this one really beautiful woman that walked up to me, and she had her hair like piled up on top of her head, and she had these like gold things in her hair. And she was absolutely beautiful. And she came up and hugged me. And then all of a sudden, I realized that it was my grandmother mm. and that she was just young and she was absolutely beautiful. And I'd never seen her that way before. And for some reason, I would have expected maybe she would have been older. But now that I know that more about like their death experiences, like people always say that people appear as they were when they were young and beautiful. They don't appear as they were when they died. And she she didn't say anything to me, but she did telepathically say to me that she was happy to see me and that she loved me. So I gave her a, a big hug. And then everyone else came up and hugged me as well. And I... I knew that they knew, knew me, like, I don't know, I don't remember them, but I felt some sort of love towards them, even though I didn't remember who they were. Um, and we were just conversing and talking and just hugging. And then I saw a man standing to the left of me and he was dressed all in gray, and he had like a grayish 
like brownish brown grayish beard and the mustaches facial hair and gray hair and he looked exactly like Jesus and I've never been religious I've never believed in any of that stuff at all but something in me knew that it was Jesus so I told him I said I don't want to go back there I really want to stay here please don't make me go back there and he looked at me he smiled and he told me I'm sorry but you don't have a choice you have to go back because there's a mission that you have to complete but he didn't tell me what my mission was but I just accepted that I, I didn't like probe him or like be like hey what's my mission what's my mission and so he told me that I had to go back right away. There wasn't much time left. So I followed him to another door that was off of that big structure that I was in, big building. And this door was smaller. It was a small door. And I walked through that door, and there was a hallway. And this hallway, instead of it being white, it was black. It's total darkness. Except for doorways were lined with like red lights. And it, it really looked like like Tron. If, if anybody's ever seen Tron, that's what it looked like. It's just the outlines of everything. So I walked down slowly to the end door and open the door and as soon as I opened the door I was in my body I felt kind of like whack like I just got like shoved back in my body like I was I felt so light before when I was there like I I didn't have a body um, I didn't have emotions any feelings like I just felt love like unconditional love but as soon as I was back in my body everything came back to me it's all flooded back to me and I started feeling pain in my body I started feeling anger um, that was actually the first emotion I felt um, my friend was holding me and apparently he had given me uh, Narcan um, and I was mad at him. I, I was mad at him. I was like, why did you bring me back? Mm. <laughs> I just wanted to stay there, you know? So after that, um, I, I did stop doing heroin. I, I haven't done heroin since then. And I had a lot of uh, really amazing things happen. Um, I've had, I've, I've developed like a lot of um, six sensory abilities, um, such as precognition. Um, I've also like developed telepathy, and also like my empathy has gotten a lot stronger. Um, and it can be really overwhelming sometimes. So I'm just trying to like figure out what I'm supposed to do with them and how I can help other people with it. Um, it was it was it was very scary at first when it first happened. Um, I thought I was losing my mind because mm. I was hearing things and I I would hear somebody talking. Like I would hear like, a, it was like a silent voice, like not like me talking to you right now, but it was like really quiet voice. And sometimes like I would be hearing something in my head, 
and then I'd be, you know, let's say watching YouTube. And then that exact same thing I heard that person would say like a few seconds later. And so this has just been ongoing. This has been happening. It just happens all day long, all the time. And I've definitely gotten more used to it. Um, but it's definitely, it's still, it's still overwhelming for sure. And it's like, I'm still trying to learn like how to balance everything out. Well, you've had amazing experiences. I really appreciate you sharing your life with us. You've been very open. When you first came back, you said you were angry. Was that because you were angry for being back or were you angry about something else? I think I was angry that he brought me back. Mm. Yeah. That he so-called saved me. (laughs) It's amazing because you are my fourth person um, that has seen the Roman buildings during their NDE. So it's nice to see that confirmation. Yeah, I mean, it was it was definitely Romanesque, and it was massive, just massive, huge building with pillars. It was absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's like what they talk about in the Bible, like the mansions in heaven. Mm-hmm. It's kind of what it reminds me of. Mm-hmm. Now, you said that you're not an atheist anymore. Can you tell me where you are at religiously at this time in your life? Sure. Um I'm not very religious, but um, I do talk to Jesus all the time now. And I know that's maybe hard for some people to understand, um, not being religious, but loving Jesus and talking to them all the time. Because I think most people, they think, oh, well, Jesus was religious, but he was actually the opposite. Um, He was not wanting people to follow all these religions and all the rules. Like he was trying to have them follow like the basic principle of like learning, uh, loving one another. And I don't know. I, I just, I started seeing visions of him. Like when I saw him up there at first, I was like, is that really him? But then when I came back, I started having visions of him. He kept on coming to me. Um, and I kept hearing his voice and I couldn't stop thinking about him. And I was like, this is so weird. Like I never believed in him before and I don't know why I can't stop thinking about it now. Mm. Um, it just, it's a big, big change for me. And I sometimes have a hard time with it because I didn't grow up with it. And it's still like hard for me to believe sometimes but it's it's totally changed my life um i mean i used to be depressed all the time and oh i was very suicidal as well i tried many times to commit suicide and those two times that i died were not even part of that um i just i didn't want to be here because of all the evil that I saw in this world, all the darkness. And for me, it was like overwhelming and I didn't want to deal with it anymore. Um, but since, since I had my near death experience and I met Jesus, I just I don't feel the same way that I used to feel. Like I have this sense of peace within me that I've never had before. And I actually like look forward to life now and and what's going to bring me. And I have like motivation. Like I used to not be able to get out of bed in the morning. I would just sleep till like one or two in the afternoon and, and I would get up and I'd be like, Oh, I'm up. I can't believe I'm up. I just want to go back to bed. Like it was, I was so depressed. I couldn't, I didn't even want to get out of bed. It was awful. Um, but now I just, I get up pretty early now and I enjoy my day and listen to music and sing and I just talk to God all the time and he keeps me company because I'm definitely, I, I definitely get lonely sometimes. So I kind of feel like I have been alienated from 
a lot of my friends that I used to have. Because um, I used to have a lot of party friends and just other people that were not really on the same vibration that I'm at now. And since I've changed so much, I really don't have that many friends anymore. Mm-hmm. So just being able to talk to God all day is really comforting for me. And he talks back to me and he tells me things. It's always right. Like every time I ask a question and he answers me, it always turns out to be true. Hmm. Every time. Um, There's been so many amazing things. Just the fact that I went from being really sick and an addict to being like the healthiest I've ever been. I mean, I literally, I literally haven't gotten sick in about five years ever since that happened. And I, I used to get sick all the time. Like every, every month I had something else wrong with me, you know? When did this happen? This last NDE? Was it in 2015? That was five years ago. And it's, 2016. Okay. Do you remember the experience like every day? Like it's something that you just can't shake? Like you're reliving it all the time? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think about it all the time. And the, and the thing is, is that it seems to get stronger as time goes on. I mean, if you think of it like a dream, it kind of reminds you of having a dream when you have your death experience. But the difference is, is that it seems to get much stronger instead of you forgetting it and the more as time goes on. So it's like there's always new details that are coming up that you're like, oh, yeah, I remember that, too. Mm. You know, you're always discovering new things. So you mentioned that you stopped heroin. Did you totally come clean afterwards? Yes. Mm. That's great. It was, it was hard. Oh, Interesting. I was expecting it to be, due to your experience, be real easy, but you're saying it was difficult. Yeah, it was because I still had symptoms. I still had to detox from it and do all that. Then mm-hmm. I had to pretty much change where I was living, uh, get rid of all my friends. I mean, I basically like was totally reborn into a new, new person <laughs> from mm-hmm. this whole experience. Like I don't even recognize who I used to be at all. When you were going through it, I was having a little bit of audio trouble hearing you, and you said that you had three after effects from your experience, or at least I believe you said you had three. One of them appears to be precognition. What were the other two? I have telepathy now, and it's not like I can hear every single thing whenever somebody passes me, but a lot of times, if I'm around people like if I like am still and I start listening, um, I'll start hearing their thoughts. Mm. And I know this because literally like a minute or two later, they'll say what I was hearing them, what, what I was hearing in my head. And then they'll, they'll say it out loud. And I was like, Whoa, <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it's, I still, I'm still not used to it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's still kind of a shock. Yeah. Or like if I'm, you know, watching YouTube or anything like that, it's like it's like it kind of just drifts in. I, I'm not trying to do it. It just kind of comes in. And I can just all of a sudden like I hear something. I sometimes look at pictures um, where it'll just be like a flash of something like a picture or sometimes it'll be a scene or. Um, sometimes it looks like a little movie in my head. And then literally what I just saw, I will see in front of me, like happen either to be happening in real life. It could be happening um, on the screen, you know, on what I'm something I'm watching. So that's pretty much what happens. And um, when it first started happening, I was kind of freaked out for sure. Yeah, I would be. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> Do you now try to like shut it down or you just accept it and it and it, it doesn't really bother you as much? Well, it doesn't bother me as much as it used to. It was it was really scary at first. Now I kind of know what's going on. 
Um, and so I kind of have fun with it now. And now I'm kind of getting to the point where I want to be able to control it better and actually maybe use it for something instead of just having it happen to me mm-hmm. where I apply towards something. Um, and I, I mean, I would love to use it to help other people in some way. Yeah. I'm still trying to figure out how. You know, it's funny you say that. I had a guest and um, she can do something in her dreams where she can get lottery numbers out of her dreams. And she gives, wow. the, and she gives the money away. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I want to do that. Yeah. I, I should learn how to do that. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. <laughs> Is there anything that really inspires you a lot about your experience? Well, it just shows me that there's so much more to this reality than meets the eye. You know, it's like, it just showed me that there is a God, there's heaven, that, you know, all of this is kind of like, I feel like this reality is almost like a matrix that we're living in. And we're able to create our own reality with our thoughts and emotions. Um, and so if you're like doing negative things, thinking negatively, it's going to, you know, you're going to draw that to you. But if you're like thinking positive thoughts and being positive, you're going to bring those positive people into your life, those positive experiences. And I, I guess I didn't really realize that until after I had that experience. It, it just it, it totally changed my whole perception of reality. Do you have some examples of you changing yourself or changing your thoughts into positive and then positive things happening to you? Yeah, I mean, just the fact, like, I, I used to, like, really hate myself. Um, and so I would always say, like, negative things to myself all day long. And... By doing that, I started attracting really negative people who treated me badly. And then it kind of snowballed from there. And then I started, they would bring me into bad stuff. And then I would have bad stuff happen from there. So it was like it was all connected. Um, But once I changed my perception and um, how I viewed the world and um, how I acted, um, everything shifted. And I started being able to like almost like manifest these amazing things into my life that I never thought was possible. Mm. And bringing like people into my life that reflect who I am now, um, where I'm at, you know, that are similar vibrations. You said you've had conversations with Jesus and God since your experience. Is there any jewels of wisdom that you've learned that have been really profound? I just know that you're the one who chooses to be who you choose to be and nobody else can choose it for you. A lot of people will try to choose it for you. But we need to realize that we have the power to make our own realities and to create what we want to create. Um, I don't know. I just know that they are just with me. They, they fill me with this unconditional love all the time. Um, I don't feel anger like I used to feel. I feel this sense of peace that I've never felt before. And just the change I've felt in just even the way that I think about everything um, has shifted everything for me. I mean, I don't have any like certain pieces of wisdom they've told me because they've told me so much, but um, just about unconditional love, mostly. Especially for myself. If I can't have it for myself, then I can't have it for anyone else. So at this point in your life, you don't fear death anymore, do you? No. I, I don't fear death, but I think the thing I fear the most is having the people I love die. Hmm. Um, 
even though I know that they're going somewhere, they're going to heaven, but I still, I'm going to miss them. If, if somebody I love dies, I would still miss them very much. Right. Even if I am still able to connect with them. I, I connect with my grandmother all the time. She's always with me. Mm. She's always by my side. It's interesting that you mention that because it's common that I'll see comments on the videos that so-and-so's family member had passed and that's kind of what brought them to the video. So for those type of people, can you give them any advice to tell them that your loved ones are okay and everything's, you know, don't worry about them or some, you know, whatever you can put in your words? Yeah, this, this isn't the end. Um, this life just the beginning i feel like this is a dream within a dream and we're all gonna it's like waking up like once you pass over it's like you're waking up from your dream it's like this reality is not as real as that reality mm -hmm. and they are always able to access you and and connect with you it's, it's whether you're willing to see it and to hear them because they are with you and they have not left you. Is there a way or can you give any advice on how to connect with Jesus or God without having an NDE? You just have to believe. You have to really believe and know that God is real, that Jesus is real and feel it in your heart and just pray, talk to them like a friend you, know? you don't have to like just always like go like this and worship them like that I mean you can if you want to but it's more like a best friend kind of relationship and also like a father fatherly relationship but you can be yourself and God will love you no matter what you kind of covered what I wanted to ask was and it's another common thing that people will say is that it's more real over there than here uh, yeah when I've been here sometimes I just I'll be going throughout my day and I'll just get kind of like weirded out because I'm like this doesn't feel real it just feels like a big matrix <laughs> mm -hmm. I just I'm looking at everything and like I'm in the twilight zone. It doesn't feel real to me. And uh, it trips me up sometimes, for sure. Hmm. I mean, it is real to a certain extent, but how real? I'm pretty sure you can say this, but the near-death experience is a completely different thing than a drug experience. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's very different. Um, like, near-death experience was very, like, clear. Um, it was very real. Um, and, and I remembered every detail of it. You know, if you were having a drug experience, you wouldn't really remember anything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I mean, the many times that I've gotten high on drugs, I don't remember anything usually, you know? And it doesn't fill you with a sense of well-being and peace and, like, unconditional love. Right. It does the opposite to you, you know, like leaves you feeling depleted and like empty inside. Right. So it's a totally, totally different feeling. Yeah. Where this appears to be more spiritually transforming. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Right. Very much so. All right. Well, I'm going to change gears with you. I don't. I never. I didn't even ask you. Do you have anything that you want to promote? Are you working on something? Do you have a website? Are you a class or a book or anything? Um, no, I, I don't have a book or anything like that. Um, I just started sharing my experience, um, so I don't have a lot of stuff out right now. Um, I am working on writing my testimony and then videotaping it. Um, I also enjoy singing, so I do have, like, a YouTube channel um, with a few videos. I just started doing that, um, and I'm going to be getting a microphone and recording some music pretty soon. So um, I have YouTube, I have Instagram, Facebook, 
and I have my email. I'm happy to put those in my video. So if you if you want to share them, I'll put them in the description, and people also can hear them here. Yes. What's your YouTube? Yeah, that would be great. Uh, what's your YouTube channel? Um, um, it's Sarah Indigo Angel. Okay. That's my YouTube channel, and then I have uh, Instagram is Sarah Indigo Angel three three three, and then on Facebook it's just my name, Sarah April. Um, and my email is um, sarahindigoangel at gmail.com. Um, and I would just, I would love to hear from other people about if they've had any near-death experiences um, and had any experience with drug addiction. That would be great. Mm-hmm. I always like to hear about other people's things and what they've been through and be able to talk about it with others. Do you think it's best for people to contact you on Facebook or email or it doesn't matter either one? Um, I mean, I think email is probably the best because I have like, I have like a lot of people contact me on Facebook, so it might get a little bit too much. I mean, they can if they want to. Okay. It's up to them. All right. Before we finish up here, do you have one last positive message that you can share with everybody? Your experiences don't make you who you are. You can always change your life if you decide to change it. You don't have to stay in the depths of despair. You have the power to change it. And by making that decision, all you have to do is go for it and to not fear. Just don't fear life. There's just so much out there. And by like letting depression take you over, there is no point in living life that way. Like I live my life just fearing life the whole time and it didn't get me anywhere. So just being open to unconditional love and being open to other people instead of trying to hide away is what I recommend doing. That's a great message. Thank you, Sarah, for being my guest, and I wish you the best, and have a great evening. Thank you very much. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.